Well, praise the Lord. Great day in the Lord it is today as we're here with our Romans Bible study, Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, here in Queen City, Texas, about 20 miles south of Texarkana, right on Highway 59. If you're looking for a good place to gather on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, I got news for you. This is the place to be. We're preaching God's Word in truth as it is in righteousness, and you'll be blessed. And you'll, you'll be able to hear from the Lord, find the will of God for your life. And God's doing a great thing today if He can get His people to listen to Him. Praise God. And so today is part 8 here on January the 17th, 2019. And uh, we're in Romans chapter 5. I want to remind everybody before we get started that everything we do here at Crossway Church gets uploaded to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. All of our worship services, the Romans teaching on Monday morning, Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. live here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, it all gets uploaded later to the YouTube channel. So avail yourself to that. The most important thing on the planet and in anybody's life is the Word of God and what they do with it. And so, you know, there's so much ignorance in the pulpits and in the pews today because uh, men and women, we just don't know the Word of God. We've just heard ideals and we've heard opinions while we've got Bibles right here. And even when we do try to use the Bible <coughs> for years, we used it out of context. We, we didn't know the truth of God's Word, that everything God has ever spoken is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. So we're learning these things. We're hearing these things. We're beginning to understand more. And that's uh, the way this thing works. We, we get in. We learn how to, how to live and go through the kingdom, how to have an abundant entrance administered to us by the Holy Spirit all of our lives. The Bible declares that we can serve God without fear all the days of our life before Him if we'll serve Him in holiness and righteousness. Luke 1, 74 and 75. What a blessing that is. But here we are today in Romans chapter 5, and we're excited that we're covering the ground we're covering and, and, and hearing what we're hearing. And you know, I, I believe and I teach that uh, you know, when we come to church or these Bible studies that we have such as this, uh, we don't really learn until we leave and we allow the Holy Spirit to impart because all we do here and in sitting in church on a pew, we hear. And then faith can come when we get out and then we begin to learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to apply the truths to our lives to, that we would walk in the truth experiencing the liberty every day. Listen, you hear at church, you learn when you leave and you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to take that through which hopefully you're going to church to receive, to be equipped for the work of the ministry initially the work of the Spirit in you, and then if you allow Him to work the truth of God's Word into your heart, your believing with the heart unto the righteousness of God's Word will allow Him to express the fruits of His righteousness to others through you, praise God. So last uh, Monday morning we covered verses 6 through 11, and just to highlight over them, uh, in every one of those verses the Bible mentions death. 
talks about death some way, form, or fashion and how great the love of God was and that Christ came and loved us and gave himself for us while we were without strength, we were ungodly, we were sinners, and we were enemies. God did all that. Think about that. God loved us, commended his love. The Bible there means he demonstrated his love by going ahead and giving his son for us. While we were without strength, without hope, we were uh, enemies of God. Uh, we were wicked. We were ungodly. We, we were just uh, everything against God, but God demonstrated to us he loved us anyway. Jesus hung on the cross and said, Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. I'm telling you, God loves you today. He loves you today. It's not just words you're hearing. God demonstrated that love for you. If you can believe, if you'll believe it, he'll show it to you even in a greater way. And that's what happens even for us as Christians as long as we'll keep our faith in the cross of Christ, the, the actual atonement, the, the sacrifice offered, the demonstration of God's love, <coughs> then he will begin to increase our knowledge. And we can literally, as Peter wrote, grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the knowledge and the grace of other things, the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Praise God. So I'm just excited about that. And every one of those verses, verses 6 through 11, look at them. They, they, they talk about us being ungodly enemies without strength, without hope. And, 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 and he, he did so much for us. He's done everything for us. The Bible goes on to say in Romans 8 and 32, If he spared not his only son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Now that's powerful, my friends. God didn't spare his son because uh, nobody loved him. Nobody was seeking him. God gave his son because the whole world was wicked. The whole world is to blame. The whole world is without strength living in even Israel. All the Gentile, everybody is sinners and, and, and separated from God. God had to give his son. That's, God already knew all that. That's why he laid from before the foundation of the world. His son was given as the Lamb of God. The Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world, Revelation 13, 8. You need to remember that. God already had everything that would come against you taken care of through the giving of his son, no matter what it might be. It's not the giving of more money. It's not the spending every hour on your knees. It's not spending every hour in a building thinking, oh, no, the answer is not even prayer. Thank God for church and prayer and activity. Thank God for all the things we've been given to functioning in. But the only answer from heaven for everything we have need of is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Not just for sin, but for the very presence and the power and the provision of God every day. Without faith in the sacrifice, what God did to demonstrate his love for us, we'll walk outside of grace. We may be teaching grace and shouting grace, but we'll be walking outside of grace if we don't have our faith in the sacrifice alone. Many today have their faith in Pentecost and thank God for Pentecost and speaking in other tongues and, and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but that's not the answer, my friend. The answer is Christ 
and him crucified. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And so today we'll take off in, in verse 12 and uh, we will see here that the Bible goes on to say that wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men because all have sinned. Now see he's still talking about death. He's still talking about death and how death got here. Let me say something to you. Everything on the planet has an effect on something else on the planet. Everything's tied together. Every single thing is tied together. When Adam sinned, death came in. And when death came in, death has been in effect found in every man. We're born spiritually dead, separated from God because we're sinners. Adam, the first Adam, the Bible calls him the first man that didn't have, uh, wasn't reproduced by a man and a woman. Adam was formed of the dust of the ground. God breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. Jesus, unlike that, wasn't a living soul. Let's turn over there and I'll show you where that's at in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read it together today. So many people don't know where these things are in the Bible. They hear sitting around on their jobs little bits and pieces of the Scripture. It's time to get the Bible off the a fireplace mantle out of the bedroom, off the nightstand, off the dash in the car. Lay it before you. Open it up and let God teach you what He's got for you. You're only going to find out in the Word of God. Faith only comes by hearing God's Word. And God's Word must be in righteousness before faith can come. You can't just open the Bible and quote a word and faith come. Faith only comes by hearing God's word, but God's word is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Righteousness only comes by grace. Grace only comes through the death of Jesus, Galatians 2 and 21. Write it down. It's not a head knowing this. It's a believing unto righteousness. That means it's a believing unto what God is offering you. You accept that. You begin to live in that by faith and walk in that. Not just a head. A head knowledge will get you destroyed by the enemy. A head knowledge will get you nothing. But it's with the heart men believe unto righteousness. So if it's not our faith in God's Word in its righteous context, it won't be faith that comes. It'll be flesh that comes. And when flesh comes, my friend, the Bible says, flesh, we sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. So, watch this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 45. The Bible says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, how you like that? The last one. There won't be a third one. There's the first Adam, the last Adam. Hallelujah. That's good news. There won't be a third Adam. And God's calling Adam the one he put here to be the representer of all humanity. The first Adam, that's why we're born sinners. Adam's our daddy. I don't care who your daddy is and your mama is. Your daddy, in God's eyes, is Adam. Adam is the daddy of all creation. The Bible says Eve is the mother of all the living. Because God started with a man and a woman. And, and what God does, he, he creates something as he did. And then it brings forth in and of itself. 
And that's who we are. We're the fruit of Adam. That's why he, when he became a sinner, when he sinned, death came in. And now death, we read it, has been passed upon all men. And it's not, it, it is just because of Adam and we're the fruit of his loins, but we prove it because we live in sin. We're sinners. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, you must be born again. Because right now in the state you find yourself in on this earth, you're born into Adam's family, a sinner, separated from God, without hope, without strength, uh, an enemy of God, ungodly, as we've just read in uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. All the, that's our state with God. And we can't go out and do good for God to accept us. God provided His Son... The only acceptance we have with God is when we listen, not know something in our head, but believe unto His righteousness in our hearts. We don't just say, yeah, I know all that and keep going because we really don't want to give ourselves to it. Christians have given themselves. We call it giving our heart to the Lord. But what happens is we believe with the heart unto righteousness. That's on, that only means we believe in God's Word in the context of the righteous one and what He did to be able to impute unto us righteousness. That's always the object of our faith. Not just initial for being born again, but every day. Jesus and His sacrifice is the object of our faith. And so we're born into this sinful place. And you might say, well, I didn't, I didn't choose this. I didn't pick this. No, but God gave you this life to live. And He, and he already had you planned on being here. And God didn't erase everything because he, would, he knew we would all be sinners. No, He provided an answer before He ever started. Again, Revelation 13, 8. The Lamb of God was slain from before the foundation of the world. God had the answer for our sin before we began because God already knows everything. He knew we'd be sinners. He knew we'd be ungodly. He knew Adam would sin and then the whole human race would be sinful. But He loves us in spite of that. Now that's good news. Those who say, well, I didn't choose this. I didn't want to be a part of this. Listen, let me, let me give you some news and I hope it don't hurt your feelings. You're a part of the story. You're in the story. You can't get out of it. All you can do for your own good is choose Christ, surrender to Christ, believe from your heart that Jesus died for you because He loves you, to forgive you of your sins, to accept you into the family of God, to deliver you from all the things that are in your life because you've been a sinner and you've been strapped in sin, guilty before God. The only way God can classify you as not guilty is if your faith in, is in His Son and what His Son did to redeem you, to pay the price that had to be paid for you, which was His death, the shedding of His blood. Hallelujah. When you accept that, not in your head, yeah, I know that. When you give yourself to that, Lord, forgive me. I've sinned. I've made excuses. I've wanted to live my own life my own way, and I've really not known that you gave me this life, that, that you gave your Son to deliver me from this state of not only committing sins, but being sin. I am the darkness of this world. 
because of the effect of Adam passed down even unto me today. But Jesus Christ died so that the ungodly, the, those uh, enemy, enemies with God, those without strength, and all those, which is the whole human race, can be reconciled back to God and be in the family of God. Hallelujah. You may, you may be, have talked a negative against people that are uh, Bible carriers and, and sh- those who live for Christ and share Christ. Christ and not ashamed of Christ and you call yourself a Christian but you know you've been ashamed of Christ. You, you won't live for Him. Maybe you've never really been born again. You've never, you, you've only had thoughts in your head. Yeah, I believe all that but it doesn't work until you give your heart to that. Your heart is the seed of who you are. When you believe from the heart under righteousness everything about you changes. That's why a lot of people only have head knowledge and they can tell you what they have in their head, but there's no change in their life. They're not living for God because they don't know it has to be a heart issue. From the seed of who you are, not your little thumper in there beating, keeping your physical body alive, but the heart of who you are, your soul, your spirit, all that you are must say, God, forgive me of my sin. I accept the one you sent for me because you wanted to demonstrate your love to me, to save me, to make me yours, to deliver me from this evil world that I live in and have been a part of. Glory to God. Today can be the day that you're born again. And if you've been born again but you've never lived for God, today can be the day that you come back to the cross, come back to the place where your faith is only in the sacrifice of Christ. For there and there alone does the Holy Spirit begin to teach us His Word. There's no understanding of God's Word outside of its righteous context. And righteousness, again, I know it's repetitive, but I must continue to tell you this. All God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God is only revealed not because of the gospel, but in the gospel. Your faith, we go from faith to faith in the gospel, not faith in everything else. Faith in the gospel. Righteousness is revealed and you were born again if you have been. And if you are born again, as long as your faith remains in the gospel, the Holy Spirit can now teach you the words of God that must be seen through the blood because it's only understood through the blood. No matter what you're preaching and teaching or trying to understand in God's Word, the reason it's not been understood is because we've not looked at it through the blood in its righteous context. Praise God. This is good stuff. I'm excited about that today to know that. God is bringing an increase of knowledge in the last days. The prophet Daniel said knowledge would increase. Knowledge is increasing, not just computers going from uh, taking up a whole room, but to now you can hold a computer computer in your hand, your smartphone, no telling what's next, and the knowledge that you have access to now. You know, you can just type on your phone in 30 seconds into Google and have the definition of anything, the location of any place, the map to get to where you need to go. But I want, I want to tell you something this morning. The knowledge of God's Word is being revealed at a greater precedent right now than ever before. Why? Why now? Because He's found a people. He's been able to bring a people back to the only place understanding can come, where teaching can come in the sacrifice.
It's powerful. It's very powerful. Watch this. Back to 1 Corinthians. You didn't let me finish. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit, a life-giving spirit. Let's see the difference here between the first Adam, the one put in the garden, formed of the dust of the ground, and God breathed into his nostrils, and here it says he became a living soul. Jesus... The second Adam, and the Bible calls him a second Adam, but here it calls him the last Adam because God's not going to offer another one. This is our last ticket out of our mess, my friend, the last representative of all humanity. Just like the first Adam, the last Adam was not born in the reproduction system of men and women. Amen. He's the light, and God's representative of all humanity is Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2 and 9 says that Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. Jesus went through the cross so he could represent before God all humanity. And he represents those that come to God through him and what he did at the cross for their sins by faith in that alone. That's why you can't do a good work to get in heaven. It's the good work Jesus did for you that gets you into heaven. But watch this. The last Adam is not a living soul. Jesus is not a living soul. The Bible says he's a life-giving spirit. Think about that. Jesus, the Son of God, who is God, and God is a spirit, here we find a confirmation of that. Jesus, the last Adam, is a life-giving spirit. You need to understand that. Yes, he had a body. He had bone. He had flesh. He had blood. But he was a life-giving spirit. Your Bible tells you that. I hope you're highlighting that. Verse 46, How be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth. Earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Now that's powerful. The last Adam, here the Bible calls him the second man, the last man, representative man, is the Lord from heaven. <laughs> and Jesus in his prayer in John 17, praying to his father, you know, says, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that glory, getting back to that glory that I once had with you from before the world began. Think about that. God became a man. God became a man. He had to. There was no men that could pay the price for men because we're all guilty and the guilty can't pay the price for the guilty because God, the price that had to be paid was, was a perfect life. There's no men with it. No man with a perfect life. All men, death passed upon all men. We just read it in Romans 5. Death passed upon all men because all have sinned. Think about that. So there's nobody that can pay the price. God had to become a man because God can't die. He had to become a man 
to live a perfect life, to lay his life down. That's the commending, demonstrating of God's love. What would we do if everybody hated us to the point of them, we knowing they would kill us if they had a chance? That's what happened. God came for his own people. They put him on the cross. Yes, it was God's plan. Man didn't kill Jesus. He laid his own life down. But God allowed them to pay a, play a part in that. But even in that... Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing because it was the demonstration of God's love for us while we were ungodly sinners at enmity with Him. In reality, we hated God. We hated God. So watch this. Verse 48, As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. He's talking about that first lineage, that flesh and blood lineage. Your flesh, your body, your flesh and blood ain't going to heaven. It can't inherit. That's the Adam's family. You've got to be born again. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. We're incorrupt. I mean, we're corrupt. I'm sorry. We're corrupt. And the corrupt cannot inherit incorruption. Can't do it. So we have to be born again. We have to get out of Adam's family and become, instead of children of Adam, guilty of sin, we have to become children of God, not guilty of sin. And Jesus paid the price so God could classify us as not guilty, justify you as not guilty. Now when you receive this, you're going to be thankful and you're going to love the Lord because He sheds His love abroad in your heart. It's in this fifth chapter of Romans that we're in, Romans 5, 5. He shed His love that He demonstrated for you, not some other love, the love He demonstrated for you at Calvary. He commended that love. He shed that love love abroad in your heart. And those that are Christ are not ashamed of Christ. And the, and the Bible declares, Jesus taught those that are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of them and I won't present them to my heavenly Father. Think about that. You cannot be ashamed of Christ and be a Christian. There's a lot of people that claim they're going to heaven. They claim they're Christians, but they're ashamed of Christ. You need to forget what you say you are and become what you know you should be as a believer in Christ. If you believe with the heart, if you know that it's beyond going to church, it's beyond you saying a prayer, it's, beyond, it's not those things. That is not what gets you right with God. It's when you give Him your heart. That means believing with the heart, not knowing with the head, believing with the heart under righteousness, things change because that's the only way God can bring the change in your life. Hallelujah. That's the only way God can bring the change in your life. That We wonder why the church is in such a predicament as it is and it's just full of envy and gossip and jealousy and strife and church splits and the church is not a testimony to anybody anymore. Uh, for the most part, it's because God's Word is not being taught and preached in its righteous context. I believe if it were by all the church, I believe the church would, listen, it wouldn't be bigger. It'd be even smaller today, the attendance, because most of what's called Christianity 
really don't want to focus on Christ and what He did at Calvary. They're walking and living by a spirit of covetousness. Christians who go to church every week, but they don't go to be equipped for the work of the ministry. They go to visit and be social and so they can have a place to have bridal showers and and all these things and suppers and dinners and and all these things. And there's nothing wrong with all those things. But if we're not going to church to worship God and to hear from God by the gift God put in that pulpit to be equipped for the work of the ministry. I hate to bring the bad news to you, but we're going under the influence of a covetous spirit. We're after something that God hadn't sent us there to go after. We should be going to church to worship God, praise God, and be a witness, a testimony before men, not ashamed of God. And worship with our hands lifted high, our voices raised high, praise God, with a dance in our step and a shout, glory to God. But we should be leaving the church equipped for the work of the ministry. That basically means receiving the truth that I need to be able to be the minister that God has called me. And He's called us ministers of reconciliation. He's committed His word of reconciliation to us. And if that's not what's going on in my life, then I'm either not receiving what's being offered at church or what should be offered is not being offered at the church I go to. There should be an equipping there. And if that's taking place at the church you mark my words the true Christians, the ones who have a heart for God, they're going to to be coming for the equipping but the ones who are not, they're going to stop coming because there's a covetous spirit in the church today Folk just want a word from a prophet, a personal word concerning something to do with their flesh. And that's just a covetous spirit after all that. Praise God. And we need to thank God people are coming out of all that today. But it's still bigger than everything else on the planet. People are involved in false spiritual things and into all the flaked out things, uh, twisting God's word. Or they're not doing anything. They're just dead and sitting on the pew and they go for an hour and leave and come back and sit for an hour and nothing's happening at all. And both of those are bad news. We need to come and hear God's Word as the truth it is about Jesus and what He did at Calvary in the righteousness that it is placed by God. Amen. Which again points to the cross. Jesus and what He there provided. Every word is in righteousness. And I'm not going to stop saying this. See, see, people have probably already stopped watching these broadcasts because they say, well, why does He keep talking about that all the time? When you get it, you're going to shout and say, say it again, preacher. When you get it, you're going to say, say it again, preacher. Because this is one of the greatest illuminations you will ever walk in. As This Bible, Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. God said every word that He's spoken is in righteousness. They are truth. That means they're about Jesus and what He provided. That being not only the status of righteousness, but the possibility of you and I being led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness, bringing forth the fruits of righteousness. And I've got to close, but one last thing before I do. If you'll look in Romans chapter 6, verses 16, I'm sorry, 17 through 19, you'll see that the only avenue of holiness is righteousness. The only avenue by the fruit of holiness to get here is through the fruit of righteousness. And the only way that the fruit of righteousness can be in a Christian's life is if they're yielding to that. 
that truth, that form of doctrine that made them a servant of righteousness. Read it. Romans 6, 17 through 19. You'll be amazed. You'll give God praise as you find yourself back on the path of righteousness instead of just limited to a pew on Sunday and Wednesday. Glory to God. I love you and I'm going to keep telling you the truth of who Jesus is. And I'll see you Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook uh, page. And until then... Be determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.